America's Next Top podcast model. I kind of miss America's Next Top model in a weird way. The, the newest seasons are on Netflix and I reject them because they started doing boys and girls in like season 15 or six. No, it's like, I don't know, early towards the 20s or something like that. And I think that that is a farce because men and women do not model the same. So I don't understand combining them. I would understand if the men were modeling in a women's category, like if they were trans or something like that, Mm -hmm. um, or if they identified as female, like fine. But if you're like trying to see if a male model is better than a female model, it's just. All you have to do is stand there. That's male modeling. You stand there. Uh, (laughs) Have abs. Left side. (laughs) Jawline and you're set. Ta-da. Stick your chin out. (laughs) That's how I do it. I yeah so they don't have them on the British Netflix um I've also been frantically watching Gossip Girl because R.I.P. it's going away from Netflix Mm. on 31 December um so it's The Office uh which I don't care about but let me just reiterate liking The Office is not a personality Emma is going to mention this probably every episode from now until one of us dies. And even then at the funeral, she'll be like, by the way, do not make an office reference. (laughs) Stare up in the coffin. It's not a personality. And I'm gone. (laughs) Then my business is done (laughs) on this earth. (laughs) And then I have no one else. I'm done. (laughs) Um, The America's Next Top Model episodes are on Hulu if you have Hulu. They don't have Hulu in the UK either. Oh my God. Not a thing. Your options here are like British TV, so like BBC offshoots, like ITV, mm-hmm. um, TV, uh, ITV Four, um, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Or you can do um, HBO. You can do HBO here. Mm-hmm. You can do Stars, Amazon Prime, and Netflix. But again, the Netflix varies regionally. So like Netflix is not Netflix is not Netflix. Actually, for all of you who think that your Netflix is the true Netflix even intra-regionally within the United States, it varies. So like the East Coast Netflix is not the same as the West Coast Netflix because people don't have the same trends. So they analyze the market for each like subset of areas and then they specifically tailor Netflix to what they assume you will want. I just want every murder documentary that is possibly available. Which makes sense because you're in New York, but like Wisconsin wisconsin they want like the five documentaries on making cheese that were made that is so placist of you hannah is it wrong i mean probably i don't know i've never been to wisconsin so i don't know how they feel about wisconsin can you just let us know if you'd like tea tea documentaries cheese documentaries we like tea documentaries (laughs) (laughs) we would love a tea documentary i would love that but about ourselves so um, I actually have something to tell you Christmas okay, I'm related. Ready. I'm ready. So I was doing research for our illustrious podcast nice. and I was looking through like, what are people searching for Christmas? And believe it or not, people are searching the exact same thing that you think they're searching for Christmas, which is pre-lit trees, Christmas lights, holidays, and then like a weird spike in Taylor Swift and Kim Kardashian, which Mariah Carey, not even Mariah. She didn't even hmm. get into Google's wow. top 20. So RIP Mariah. Sorry. You're a husband, um, officially. She would be like, that is not approved. <laughs> <laughs> um, so there was this thing on BuzzFeed about like Christmas movies that need to go. And they gave you two options. And okay. I would like you to now choose between okay. twixt, if you will, these <laughs> options. Um, option one, Die Hard. 
Option two, Elf. Which would you cancel? Die Hard. Interesting. I would cancel Elf because I hate it. Um, and the people who have forced me to watch it in the past at y'all, I hated it then. I hate it now. Are you ready it's, for my confession? It's a... Have you not seen it? I've never seen Die Hard ever. Die Hard's a good... So take a beat. I had never seen it until like t- last year okay. because I was just like, why? It's like Top Gun. Like I know exactly what's yeah. going to happen. Why do I need to watch this? This is stupid. I don't like Tom Cruise that much. I understand the plot. They're all pilots. There's a lot of drama. Oh, I was talking people. about Die Hard with Tom Cruise. And I was like, I think you have your be young Bruce Willis um, at Bruce it's Willis. Me. Good job. Rip um, and oh, I, I don't know if I've said this. I have like a deep abiding love for Alan Rickman, even postmortem. Like there's not a film that I see him in that I'm not like, I would marry you right now. Sorry. I, I wish I liked him better in love actually. Oh my God. I still love him. Even though he's the worst. He's the I'm worst like, in that movie. I'm like, no, I love you. Stop. <laughs> Quit anyway, it. Um, Die Hard is actually really good. So okay. I was on the boat of like, Die Hard's not a Christmas movie. Stop. Um, and then I watched it. Okay. It's really good. Um, I will consider giving it a chance. I would, at Emma, I would put that on your to-do list. Okay. Um, noted in the trash bin where I keep all my comments and criticism. Put it in a bin. <laughs> Any <laughs> bit. Um, I think it's from workaholics, but my husband makes that reference all the time. And so I've picked it up and I've also shared it with Emma, which means now all three of us are going, put it in a bin. It'll get to me. And a bin for those of you listening in the States is a trash can. I hope you know that, but some people don't, some people wouldn't make that connection. Can't assume with Americans. A lot of people call bread bins. Like no, this is bread. That's a box. Bread box. Might not be a box. Might be a bin. No, it's a box. Uh, other this right now that are <laughs> of global import. <laughs> bin versus box. The bread edition. Debate. Um, <laughs> so I think it's time to get into this mother chucker. Okay. You only had that for the BuzzFeed thing? Just that one movie set? Yeah, that was it. Oh, I thought it was okay. like a hearty conversation. They were only two options. So I was expecting like a full-blown quiz and it was yeah. just like, huh. Boop. Interesting. Okay. Oh, well. uh, as for America slash the UK, I'm not actually sure which one they polled, but of the people they polled, 70% were on Team Emma, which probably means they haven't seen it, but said cancel Die Hard. 30% were on the right side of history and said cancel Elf. Okay. Well, we'll see, won't we? When the war comes. <laughs> when the elfers and the harders take their sides. We will see. We will see. Okay. Um, yep. So let's just roll right into this episode then. I'm Hannah. I'm Emma. And this week's transcontinental tea, the TCT, we are going to be talking about New Year's resolutions. What? what? You're thinking it's still December. Why are you talking about New Year's resolutions? And because we're ahead of the game. So you're welcome. And also, we don't like doing holiday content because it's kitschy and overdone. What are you going to talk about? Ornaments, lights. They call them baubles over here. I know. It's really cute. Baubles. Get out. Yeah. 
I ordered some bubbles. <laughs> um, really cute. Wow. I said ornament to my mother-in-law like a month ago when I was looking at buying them for my tree. And she was like, you want a what? And I'm like, oh, bubble. And she's like, oh. You love me. She's a Dickensian houseboard. Everyone in the UK to me is the queen. That's <laughs> just, that's it. Her Majesty the Queen, <laughs> or her literally, one of the other people talk like that. And then there's actually a name for that accent. Do you know it? Bougie, which is also a word for something else. Stay tuned. Uh, no. <laughs> and if you're thinking high German, no, but it correlates. So much like there's a modern standard Arabic at Emma, mm-hmm. um, there is a pronunciation or accent that was taught throughout most of the 19th century to um, landed gentry, to kids who went to more expensive schools. And it was called RP, received pronunciation. And it's what you'd hear on the news. So good evening, everyone. That would be RP. Or IP, more like it. (laughs) Uh, Lots of other accents all around. Uh, Cockney being one of them. Do you know the origin of Cockney? I do. Piggywinders. Um, <laughs> no, that's not even close. Cockney <laughs> originates in London. Piggy Blinders are from Birmingham. Um, I've never watched that so either. So. Basically, the original Cockney accent was within like a certain hearing distance of a church, a specific church's bells in London. So it was from like the east side of London. And if you could hear the church's bells, you were quote unquote Cockney. Um, and then the later adaptations have been the like, actors portrayals of you all right madame <laughs> like the very um mm-hmm. stereotypical cockney shout accent. out to winning london for introducing me to that yeah every it's like i think the most commonly quoted one is um everybody talks about dick van dyke in mary poppins mary poppins yeah, <laughs> like, definitely. it's really bad <laughs> but it, a great film anyway we are doing new year's resolutions and we're going to be talking about New Year, New You, or as we like to call it, New Year, New Tea. Do you guys get it? And I came tea. up with it. Tea so rhymes with me. Really drive it home. Tea rhymes with me. Absolutely. New tea. Play any are we there? humorous portion of this <laughs> and just ruin it for you. Listen, as far as I'm concerned, if there's not an immediate eruption of laughter, you didn't understand the joke. The horse is dead. His ashes are buried. <laughs> Let it lie. Anyway. But first, as with all of our main sods, if you will, main sods, we need, we need tea of the week. We need to know what's what's happening. We sure do. Tea, 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 uh, I don't. I have a water bottle, but that's not really the It's same. actually not a small teacup at all. And it's got coffee. And also, you had a maid servant bring you a coffee, and I do not have access to such. <laughs> yeah. That's what I call my mother. So. <laughs> maid servant. She takes it really well. <laughs> oh, maid servant. <laughs> at Darlene. In RP. That's how I say it. RP. <laughs> I actually have a friend who talks like that, and he is so funny to imitate. Because all you have to do is think of like, He's not like a super posh person, but he just speaks that way. So all you have to think of is like the richest banker who's like a villain in Mary Poppins. Oh, hello. <laughs> like that's exactly what he sounds like. I love that. Tell him we're married now. 
Okay. Well, at Henry, sorry, you're already married, so you're going to have to get divorced. <laughs> um, Henry, let's just chat. No, it's okay. Yeah. I, I like my American boys. What can I say? Um, okay. So, okay. Hang on. Quick sorry. <laughs> I don't know if we'll have a better segue to announce the creation oh, right. of a beautiful new segment that everyone should be excited for. I sort of talked about it in an episode that is so not even close to coming out. And I really should have talked about it in the main episode last week. At me. <laughs> the month that better. mention comes out. Yeah. At me. Do better. <laughs> um, so anyway, if you're in the future and you're thinking, hey, guys, where's that mention? It's here. So I think there should be a dedicated segment to following Emma's love life. And of course, my reasons are between two and three folds. This time it will be threefold. One, it's super entertaining content. To be honest with you, I am cheered up by it every week. Um, and two, it's probably some of the most relatable dating experiences that are on the market, if you will. Uh, and three, it, it's just it's just good fun. You know, <laughs> like there's not that many other things that are that exciting, that are constantly changing, and that sometimes require restraining orders in our lives. And and this is this is really that. So I came up with a sweet little, sweet little name for it. What is it? Like it. What is it? It is Emma's Bees. Again, the reasons are threefold. One, if you follow Emma on social media, which you should, uh, at Swolarella, at Emma BNYC, basically her, her middle name starts with a B. And so she goes by Emma B quite frequently. Um, again, if you follow her on socials, it's probably like a branding thing that you would recognize for her. Two, Bumble is one of her main sites, one of her main apps that she dates on, hence bees, Bumble, bees. <laughs> And then three, which I think is the best one. The bee metaphor involves lots of workers shoveling-ish with little to no chance of bagging the queen. So, the queen. <laughs> the queen. I'm the queen. It majesty the queen. <laughs> um, so anyway, <laughs> I think it's great. So, I'm going to prove it. <laughs> We're going to throw that in. Um, I don't know about this episode, but definitely the next one. Yeah. Well, yeah. we'll organize some, I'll prepare. some highlights for you. But just you guys it. have only scratched the surface in what I've talked about. So Of the deep well that is. <laughs> Ooh, it's bottomless. <laughs> <laughs> and you think don't like down it. <laughs> eventually there will be the hopeful end of death. Nope. <laughs> there will be the sweet comfort of oblivion. <laughs> no. <laughs> Okay. okay. Anyway, back to your tea. So, let's roll back a little bit to my tea. And Hannah and I talked on the phone earlier and she was like, let's do recording today because you know Christmas is coming up and we're not going to have time to really like sit down and dedicate. And we don't like to do rushed episodes. If anything, we like to go on for four hours and then just come back from there. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> this week, the trend, and that is the trend. So I was like, man, like, I don't know what I'm going to do for my tea. Well, aren't I so lucky that I got a phone call today from my landlord? Oh, no. I was hoping it was the baby Yoda masks that you saw at Hobby Lobby because those are great. Oh, <laughs> I will. Let's look at an honorable mention because it was they were cute. And I thought of Hannah immediately. Um, no, this is worse and not a happy story. So I was getting ready earlier and I get a phone call from my landlord back in New York City. I'm in Ohio right now for the holiday. So 600 miles away. Here I am. And preface this, they're not allowed to have copies of our apartment keys. You get your key. The landlord and the super are not allowed to have copies. I'm sure there's a reason behind that that I don't want to know. Interesting. So, yeah. Here we definitely have, like, landlords always have a key. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's, to me, like, 
any rental office would be able to gain access to your apartment, but not so here. I don't know if that's the same trend in every apartment building, but in mine, that's how they do things. So more than once having gotten locked out is very inconvenient for me. We had to break a window latch and now I have to lock that window by putting like a rod in between the top and like the window itself so that it can't just go up. So we do things really fancy where I live in Brooklyn. So, but this not being able to access my apartment has culminated into quite the issue because there is a leak in my bathroom. And I don't know if you remember Hannah, but I had a tea not too long ago about my upstairs neighbors being plumbers all of a sudden and flooding, flooding my bathroom. With like not clear liquid on your clothes. Yep. Everything was just disgusting. I had to, I had to send my wash out much later than I had hoped with that issue. And I had to get new hampers and it was just the whole thing. I bleached those floors. It was disgusting. And now I'm not there to do anything about it. So he calls me and he's like, Hey, like, are you around? And I'm like, no, I'm not even in the same state right now, but you know, hopefully you don't need to break my door to get in. Like, I don't want you to break the latch, but if you go around to the fire escape where the broken window is, um, if you go from the top, because the top of the window opens as well, you can get in because you just bypass the rod at that point, which please don't rob me now that I revealed that information, but I'm also on the second floor. So you'd have to like actually get a ladder and be like a whole thing. So Anyway, that was a fun phone call to get. And at my upstairs neighbors, I hate you. I hope they're charging them like some sort of fee for all the damage. I mean, as long as I don't have to pay it, I don't care. But I'm going to need them to stop busting holes in my ceiling and flooding my bathroom. At upstairs neighbors, stop. And I hate that I'm helpless and far away. But at least I can't be held responsible. I mean, very true. Like there's nothing you could have done. And honorable mention too, I was at Hobby Lobby earlier and I know there's like mixed feelings about Hobby Lobby, but Michael's is like twice the distance. So deal with it. I was in line and there were these baby Yoda masks and one of them was baby Yoda with the the drink. And Hannah's got that poster in her room that we have previously spoken about. And so, yep, I see it right there. Hi Yoda. Um, So I sent her the photo and they were really cute. We had a moment. (laughs) My husband told me that later on in the Mandalorian the baby gets a name and it's not actually Yoda. Okay, they well, reference, I, don't care. I know they reference Yoda separately and it's like Yogo or Gojo or something nope. like that. And okay. I was like, uh, number one, I don't care. And number two, I will continue to call him baby Yoda. So thank you for your time. He has been brand um, So <laughs> thank you for your time. Uh, yeah, I really wanted the baby Yoda coffee mask. I mean, not that I could use it with how sensitive my skin is, but I like the idea. Yeah. Cause it has like the little Yoda face. So your face becomes like baby Yoda face. It's very cute. Um, my tea of the week is literally from today as well. So V current for both of us. So, uh, we went to, my husband and I went to a mortgage advisor because we are looking to buy next year. Um, and it was one of those adult meetings where it usually happens to me with like car finance or like banking things where you have to like show them what you're spending and explain your bills to them. And it's just one of those things that made me like, why am I allowed to be in charge of money? Like, <laughs> I give this to someone. This is bad. Like, and I keep thinking like, as I'm going through the meeting, like, oh, I really need to work from a budget and I don't like budgets, but I'm like, oh, Oh, like, and, and it all went really well. And, uh, she was super helpful and we 
are on the road to mortgage bill. And then we're going to buy some plan is to buy like an older property because I love old stuff, but I really, really like old houses, like classic houses. Mm-hmm. So the plan is to buy an older house that needs a little TLC, a little love and give it that and create a lovely place to live. So that's the plan. He has to sell his house because previously pre him moving in here, he lived in a house that he owned with a friend and he and the friend have now gotten married. Uh, they got married a day before us actually. So weird. I know. Um, and it was funny because they moved in like three years ago, both single um, and they were just good friends. And then uh, they're in our friend group as well, but they, yeah, they got engaged like six months before us or less and got married the day before us. So wild. Cute. Also, next year, you'll be an escrow. Ah, I'm an escrow. <laughs> I really wanted to, I was waiting to make that reference the whole time you were telling that story. Coffee yeah. On the house. <laughs> You're buying everyone coffee? Of course not. I'm an escrow. <laughs> Uh, if you don't know what we're talking about, shame. Yeah, just go. <laughs> uh, please don't. Um, but anyway, stay. yeah, it was. Say, I'm sorry, I said that. it was a needed moment. Um, it, yeah, it was a it was a very adulty day. It was one of those okay. meetings too that lasted so long, and like it was all good. I wanted to say good content. God, I'm such a pop. Like, um, <laughs> it was all good. Like it was all good stuff. But you were just sat in a chair for like two yeah. and a half hours, and I was like. Yeah, I think I'm, I'm afraid for anyone to like, whenever I have to go to the bank and like, do like, they always like open your account like right in front of you. And I'm like, great. They're going to see, they'll be like, Uber Eats, huh? <laughs> Every day. That's like your vibe. Uber Eats over and over and over. And over and over again. I just don't <laughs> want to like face that judgment. So, yeah. Anyway. The good news is you can give them a sushi wreck. That's but- <laughs> Before you judge me, let me tell you. <laughs> let me tell you. Between these two places, which you can see I've ordered from approximately 20 times each, um, just to really hash out the details. <laughs> um, oh, so other thing that's going on in my life, I think I talked about it a little bit previously, but I've been watching MasterChef and I have now tried a little bit extra spicing up my life cooking wise. I wrapped steak and bacon the other day and Whoa. I cooked it in the oven and I felt like a Michelin star. Whoa. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> anytime, scary. anytime I tell people like, they're like, what's your best dish? I'm like, well, I make this goat cheese bruschetta with an olive tapenade garnished with spinach and cherry tomato. Um, I feel really fancy every time I say it. It's just bread with cheese and spinach and olive. Yeah. So okay. we'll see where my, my culinary adventures take me, but for now they took me to steak. Steak. I love steak. I love a good steak. Real good. Steak. We have had tea of the week and now what time is it, Emma? It's time to be reverse mugged. I was just thinking that. Reverse <laughs> mugging. I love uh, reverse mugging. Open your bag. Put this in your bag. <laughs> um, and actually this time we're doing two. So yep. get out your pens. Even if you're driving, nobody cares. Take a mm-hmm. note. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Mulan style, write it on your arm. <laughs> Remember. Remember. <laughs> During your ceremony to find a husband, you'd be like, oh yeah, I want to buy that thing. And that can be your wedding present. Yeah, just be careful which hand you pour the tea with. Quite. Otherwise, you don't get a husband. No husband for you. <laughs> Have you seen the live action Mulan, speaking of which? No, but I've heard bad things. And that is, it's both historically inaccurate and racist in some way. 
Oh, I don't know. I liked it. I haven't heard anything about it, but I watched it and enjoyed it as a consumer of film. I think a lot of people are going to be like, it's nothing like the cartoon. And I'm like, none of the live actions have been anything like the cartoons. Yeah, it's like loosely based on a cartoon, but it's not meant to be a live action reproduction. It's meant to be like a whole separate, this is the live action story that is based on Mm -hmm. this story. I just don't think I can get on board with a Mulan that doesn't have make a man out of you in the film. That's just where I'm at personally on my journey. Also, she doesn't date the commander in the live action. She dates like one of her fellow soldiers. Um, okay, that I can get on board with because it's like, you know. It's like slightly better for her. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like slightly less bad. <laughs> right. Okay, well, in this reverse mugging, I have two things for you that I'm forcing you to take. Put it in your bag right now. The first is a classic. It is the Urban Decay Eye Primer. And it... I cannot describe the difference that having a primer under your eyeshadow makes as far as pigmentation and ease of application. It is amazing. It takes me half the time to blend with a primer. I I got makeup advice from a girl I follow on YouTube, Mm -hmm. Jamie Genevieve, who is delightful. She's Scottish. So she has just a great accent. She's Glaswegian. So it's great, which means from Glasgow. Um, Anyway, she uses um, the NARS concealer mm-hmm. as an eye primer, which mm-hmm. I also do because I use NARS concealer under my eyes. Mm-hmm. And it, you're exactly right. Like, it's so nice to have a primer. Yeah, I used to use the concealer. I still use the concealer for the corners when I do, like, the lighter color because then it, like, really stands out. But for the overall lid, uh, the Urban Decay, it's like eye potion something or other. It's in a yeah. little purple bottle. Um, very it. iconic. Oh my God. Very well known. Iconic. So, I was listening to a podcast where Nikki and Paris Hilton were on it. Oh no. And everything Paris described was iconic. So, so I can't believe I just high. used that word. That's iconic. <laughs> she described the simple life as iconic. <laughs> and then was. she was working on some other film project and she's like, it's going to be amazing. It's going to be groundbreaking. It's going to be iconic. Pretty sure she's like married now. So uh engaged mm, yeah same thing um you know she's in her 40s oh, well, that's what you get when you're rich and you can afford plastic surgery at 16 yeah she and nikki are like in their 40s yeah well i'm not a celebrity so i look my age at aging stop <laughs> <laughs> we hate you um there anyway. was speaking of the simple life there was a video i saw where nikki breaks character at one point because some guy is like being really rude to Paris and like insulting her in Nikki Brake's character from her like ditzy blah blah blah. Are you talking about Nicole Richie? Yeah, Nikki. Yeah, yeah. So now I said, uh, you said Nikki. Nikki Hilton didn't do it. She turned it I down. I was talking about Nicole Richie though as Nikki. Sorry. Oh, do we do we call her? Do we know her that well? Um, she <laughs> and, and I are like what, girl, like well. Nikki's what I call her when we're alone. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> I thought that anyway. you were also like super best friends with her. I guess it's just me. Um, <laughs> sorry. Turns out. <laughs> <laughs> no. So Nicole, she goes off on the guy and it's like, it's, if I may, iconic. Iconic. But that's not my product. I just thought that was a fun itty bitty fact for you. So my second product, which I actually have right here and I'm going to show you. Hannah, you do the water thing where you put your hand like behind it. And yeah, like, for like the light. Is oh, your planner. The Happy Planner, specifically the Happy Planner. That's the brand. Okay, so this one is an 18-monther and it's already December. So like most of this is useless to me. But 
it also has all the 2021 in it. So I have this. And as you can see, it's got all the tabs. It's very organized. Blah, blah, blah. Like but I also got, and I, I really like this brand because it makes it super easy to customize your planner. So not only do they have like a bunch of actual planner like themes, but they also mm -hmm. have like, so for me in my aptly in this new year's resolution episode, one of my things I want to do in 2021 is budget better. Oops, I just mm. hit my mic. I hear you. I heard that. So I got the budget planner expansion, which just goes on top of the pages already in there that help you plan out each month's budget. So, and then in fact, I also bought a budget book. I'm trying to be good at it because I'm sick of like, I mean, granted in New York city, my paycheck is like bare minimum, like anywhere else it'd Water. be like a lot of money <laughs> Yeah, but in New York city. It's like, I live paycheck to paycheck on how much I make. And, um, I mean, I've been like that for a long time because I didn't grow up with like good spending habits and yeah. it's really taken me like this long to be like, I'm tired of being in debt. Um, and not just for like, when I eventually want to get married, like I don't want to bring a bunch of debt to the relationship, but at the same time, like I fully intend to take responsibility and pay it off myself, but I'm sick of it. Like looming. It's kind of like a constant stress for me. So yeah. I really plan on being more cognizant of it and actually tracking my spending versus just my bills, because I don't think I realize how much like the little stuff and or Uber eats adds up really quickly over time. Like it, it could really literally does. be like 200 a week if I let it. So yeah, I'm the same way. Like I, I'm only in my late twenties getting a handle on budgeting and like getting a handle on eating out is not just normal. Like it needs mm -hmm. to be a fun thing, but not yeah. like an every week thing, but yeah. So good for us. Good for us. Good for us learning to what budget before we hit 50. That's for us. <laughs> my two items are uh, one that I never thought I would be saying. So unlike most women, I am not a bath person. I was not a taker of baths. You're nuts. Baths are the well, So you hear like every girl on the planet, specifically at white girls who are like, I just want to go home and take a bath and drink wine and watch The Bachelor and blah, blah, blah. And so I was never a huge bath fan. To me, like sitting in warm water was just not that appealing. And I got bored. Mm -hmm. um, and I learned after starting to take baths like two weeks before my wedding that I do like baths, but I was missing two key ingredients, which were a bath salt, which is my product. Love. And... Um, like a TV show or a podcast. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I was just sitting in the water and expecting Ugh. to relax and it did not work. No. Um, so I watched like QI or I listened to a podcast and it was really entertaining. Mm -hmm. And then, and then it was nice. Um, and the bath salt is by Dr. Teal's and it's Dr. Teal's bath salt with coconut oil. Now, okay. Unlike every other person on the planet, coconut oil does not always jive well with my skin. I think it's because it's an oil, but my skin is just too sensitive and it doesn't always like it. I got like one of the Kapari, like coconut, everything lip balms and it chapped my lips like no other. And it's supposed to do the opposite. So I was really nervous about the coconut oil. Is it going to help? Is it going to be horrible? It's amazing. It smells amazing. It feels amazing. It's fantastic to be honest with you. Um, the other thing that I took out of my bag, shooketh, which is breaking with the pattern. So I will yes, come in and put something back in your bag. Don't you worry. 
<laughs> my bag is crazy light. I don't like it. <laughs> Odd. Um, but I, t- I stopped putting lotion on after my shower hmm. and I did it because my husband was like, why do you always put lotion all over your body? Cause I full snooky, like head to toe, like just everywhere mm-hmm. after a shower. And then you have to let it set and like, let it absorb. And I was like, well, otherwise my skin will be dry. He's like, no, it won't. I'm like, you're a boy. <laughs> Stop pretending like you've lived life. <laughs> um, and then I was like, I'll try it. I've not used lotion now for like three weeks. And honestly, my skin feels fine. Wow. I don't understand it. It's, it's wild. Like it's science and gravity defying. Um, anyway, so that's like $9,000. I'll never get back on all the lotion mm-hmm. I've bought in my life. Anyway, the thing I'm putting back in your bag, don't you worry, is Ren skincare. So if you haven't heard of Ren, it's like a super eco skincare line. It's for mm-hmm. sensitive skin. Um, it's for all set types of skin, but it's specifically formulated to be really good for people who tend to react negatively to products, but it's not like hippy dippy organic where it smells terrible or like patchouli and you just know that there's some sort of microbe in there. Mm. So Ren skincare is super, super great. Vegan, like all of their packaging is biodegradable. It's amazing. And I use pretty much all of my skincare now by Ren. So I use an overnight recovery serum. I use a clear, calm, like moisturizer in the day. I use um, an acne treatment that is like for, it's like tea tree and it's got soothing products in it, but it doesn't break me out. And a lot of acne products that are meant to like soothe you just break my skin out because it's too much. And I got a lactic acid, like radiance mask. And it usually masks are horrible for me. They just break me out immediately. It's been amazing. I've done it (laughs) twice now. And it's literally like, hello, this is your new face. And it's like that for like two days. And it's so nice. And then my old face is like, Hey, we're back. (laughs) But but for those two days, it's beautiful. Yeah. Um, So I think what I'm going to do, because I realize we talk about all these products and then we like never mention them again. And what I think we're going to do is start posting like episode recaps on our, our Instagram so yeah. that you can see what products we're talking about just in case you decide you'd like to embrace those products as well. Yeah. So we'll do a catch up post because we can go back. We take notes on everything. So we'll do a catch up post and go back and say for the last eight episodes that we've done products, here are the products that we were talking about. And then moving mm-hmm. forward, we'll try to do them for episodes. I hope that everybody liked the Christmas poll. I used a very special font app to make it really special for you. So I love that. Okay. I have one more thing before we move away from product. Okay. And this has been something that is be close to my heart. Um, and it's candles. If you know me at all, you know that I am obsessed. Obsession. With I love candles. Like if you could buy me one thing that you, 100% like no matter what will make me happy it's candles because even if it smells bad I still like the look of it um <laughs> I have a candle on a shelf that I hate the smell of because I bought it and I didn't like it but I couldn't return it so I just used it aesthetically and you didn't it smell it before you bought it I don't think I bought it I think it was bought for me and I couldn't return it anyway there is a brand that is very, very mentioned in like the blog spheres, the YouTubers of the world, the Instagrams, you know, the socials. The socials. <laughs> the socials. And so this brand is a Parisian brand. It's called Diptyque. Um, and it's spelled D-I-P-T-Y-Q-U-E. And if you know anything, brands that are spelled that way are going to be bougie and fun. 
So first of all, you had me at the marketing, like you had me. Um, I wanted this candle because I'd seen so many people mention it and it's called the Bayes candle. Um, Hang on, hold it up so Emma can see it. Y'all can't, but she can. It's called Bayes. And look at the, look at that. Like that is a beautiful candle. uh, I'm going to look at your, like the little, I know it's probably a -A B-A-I-E-S or whatever that Mm -hmm. spelling was. Okay. But if you, there's a subreddit and it's called don't dead open inside because it's making fun of like the words that like go in the wrong direction when you're trying to read them. And that looks like B-A-S to me because it goes like B-I-A-S-E or whatever it is. Yeah. It's B-A-I-E-S and they do all of them like that. So they'll have their like staggered lettering. Anyway, it's made on Saint-Germain street in Paris. And if you know anything about Emma or myself, things that are made in Paris are really just if we could steal a word, iconic. Um, <laughs> and there's something that, it's something that I really wanted for a while. And I was like, no, it's too expensive. I'm not going to buy it. Well, for our wedding, we didn't do a gift registry. So all we want to do is buy a house. Like we have stuff, you know what I mean? We don't need plates. We don't need a vacuum. We don't need anything like that. We just want to put any money that we can towards buying a house. Mm-hmm. So we basically said to our guests, we love you for wanting to contribute. It's very sweet. Please feel free to just drop whatever you wanted to spend on like a thing in this GoFundMe or send it to us in a check. Because quite honestly, like there, we have two households of stuff. We don't, mm-hmm. we don't need stuff. We want to put it towards our house. So investing in us is really meaningful and lovely. We'd love you to invest in us buying our first house together rather than buying us like cushions. So that, that's what we went with. And one of these people did not listen. So <laughs> very much. And they got us a gift card to John Lewis, which is a, like a nice, like Nordstrom-y department store. And so I was looking at all the stuff online and I was like, we don't need anything from here. And we don't have enough money to like really splash out and buy something amazing. But you know what they do have is the dip tea candles. And so I was like, dip, dip. <laughs> so are you, do you want anything from John Lewis? And he's like, no. no, probably not. I'm like, so I have this idea. Um, I would never buy this candle IRL in real life because the small one, like the little beanie, 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 beanie one is 27 pounds. The actual normal size human candle that people would buy is like 67, 68 pounds. Like which is like eighty some dollars for which is wild, Yanks. yeah. Which is bananas. Like I spend maybe twenty on a Yankee candle, and I'm like, that was pretty expensive. <laughs> like <laughs> the woodwork, you know? Yeah. No, woodworks are like twenty five. Oh, yeah. Anyway, much. anyway, but above like twenty uh, pounds or dollars, to be honest with you, on a candle, and I'm like, that's a lot of expensive. Um, but I bought it. Here's the review. Okay. <clears throat> Number one, aesthetic, beautiful. Number two, scent, nice. Not amazing, but nice. It's kind of floral, a little bit of, like you can tell that someone spent a lot of money on it. It's a little bit like the uh, clothing section of a department store. You know how mm-hmm. they like scent it very like, you can't money. afford this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Burn time, it's doing pretty well. Um, I've burned it for like an hour, two hours, for the last couple of days and it hasn't really gone down from the main level mm-hmm. no okay was it 
the most beautiful unicorn rainbow candle that I was expecting it to be for 27 freaking pounds. No. Would I ever buy one of these again? No. Am I going to boil the jar so I can use it as like a really bougie Q-tip holder? Yes. Yes, I am. Match. Yeah. Uh, this concludes my diptyque review. Slash end of product. Slash thank you for listening to my TED talk. <laughs> Slash don't leave. We're not done yet. No, we have to sip. Sip on this. We have some sipping to do. The tea is exceptionally good today. <laughs> Who made this? Mm, very delicious. So it has been mentioned what we're talking about today. What is that, Emma? We're going to talk about New Year's resolutions. How do you feel about them? How, how, how do I feel? Well, to me, I feel that they are just another way to set yourself up for failure. You know, mm. she's an optimist, guys. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, my glass is like super full. Um, I use rose tinted glasses for everything except life. <laughs> If it doesn't benefit me right there in that moment and I can't build a fairy tale about it in my head, then I'm not into it. <laughs> so for me, I just think that, you know, if you have to have such an, like a grandiose method of achieving this goal of yours, I think that you're likely not going to succeed in it because if it was something you really wanted to do, you could just start already. You wouldn't need to wait. It's, it's like saying, oh, I can't start a diet on a Wednesday. Like I have to wait till Monday. Like, well, why? Yeah. Um, I get the OCD of wanting to start something on like an even number or like mm-hmm. a specific day. I really do. Uh, my personal opinion on it is I think that it's great to set goals for yourself in the next year. I don't think that you need to do like resolutions to set those goals only because if you're really interested in lifestyle change, it's going to be like a whole of your commitment, not like the first three months will just get your ball rolling. And I also think that sometimes it gets unhealthy where like you try to lose 15 pounds or start running for a marathon and, and great if you want to, you know, run for a, run a marathon or if you want to get more in shape but I think it almost becomes like a punishing mechanism because mm-hmm. you often don't want to do what you're doing. You just think you should be doing it. And so mm-hmm. then it kind of becomes negative. Yeah. Um, and, you know, we mentioned earlier, we both have goals we ha- would like to achieve as the new year comes, but we have already both already like started taking steps to achieving those goals, which to me separates the difference from a resolution versus like growth. Yeah. And I think women in general kind of constantly goal set, at least most of the women that I know, there's always typically like a task or a goal that is kind of in front of them. And then they could say, again, most women that I know could say within a year, two years, this is generally what I'd like to do. This is what I'd like to achieve. This is where I'd like to be, et cetera. Yeah. um, That's just in general, how I feel. I think that I've set them before in the past as a young bushy tailed, doe-eyed girl like oh everything's gonna be so great this is gonna be my year but um I don't know I may have peaked so I'm not sure that I should even bother for 2021 I uh I described myself today at the mortgage advisor meeting as a plucky immigrant with a can-do <laughs> attitude and a dream <laughs> so she was saying that my husband is a British citizen with the right to work 
And then she goes, and you are, and I'm like a plucky immigrant with a can-do attitude and a dream. <laughs> and that dream is to not be in debt for the rest of my life. So I'm going to stay in bed. Um, <laughs> yeah. So anyway, yeah, I, I don't remember. I was saying to Emma, I don't remember ever setting New Year's resolutions. I'm sure I did, but I, I really don't remember them. Mm-hmm. Um, the one thing I have done before that I really liked is um, I've set intentions for the year, which I think is slightly different. And I wrote them down on like a little post-it note. Mm-hmm. And then I checked back towards like the end of the year to see how I've done. So mm-hmm. it's more like, for me, it would be like praying into the new year, thinking about what I want to do, what I feel called to do, where I'm being like pulled directionally and writing that down um, more so than like by August 15th, I want to have two jealousy suitcases and be a size eight. Like, well, then you're like, and I mentioned this when we were doing our prep. Um, I don't like the idea of setting resolutions into this box of such exactness. Like the box isn't just, it starts on January 1st. Now it's a specific pant size. It's a specific weight. It's a specific like, I don't know, savings account number, or, you know, like however much money you have for whatever reason. And I just feel that that is just a, a mechanism that's further designed to make you feel like you're not good enough. You're not doing well enough and that there's no way you can achieve this. Yeah. It's interesting. Cause we, we were reading some articles in preparation and one of them said like creating achievable goals. And I think that's like a major push point for, especially like gen wires, the millennials of the world is like creating achievable or trackable goals compared to like, be a better person. Well, you might be a better person in the next year, but you can't tally it. Um, It's it's less attractive. And I don't know if it's just the bullet journaling era or if it's something to do with like task accomplishment. A lot of advice would say set attainable goals that you can kind of check off, check off, check off for accountability, but I don't know about the mindset of it, if it's the healthiest, because yeah, yeah, it's probably the best way for you to achieve said goal, but is that going to make you happier? Is that going to make your life better? I don't know. Well, now I feel like I'm in a competition with myself and everybody else who set the same resolution, you know, and I, I don't, and this is something we're going to cover in a different episode, but I don't like feeling like I have to be in the same place as everybody else in order to be considered successful. Mm. And I think that when you set up resolutions like that, you're definitely putting yourself in that space of comparison easily. Mm. Um, when you can say like, oh, so-and-so said they were going to lose 15 pounds and they've lost 20 and I've only lost five, which means I'm not doing well enough, which means I need to do this, this, and that. And then you just end up feeling like crap about yourself. So it, to me that you're now backfiring on the reason you set the goal to begin with. Mm. Not to get too gender stereotypical, but I think most of the guys I know tend to set goals about work and money. Mm-hmm. And most of the women tend to set them about lifestyle and body image. Right. I do think that the whole like resolution trope is definitely more designed towards women because I think that we're just more maybe anally retentive about things like this. I don't know many guys who like write down like specific goals they'd like to achieve. There are like dream boards and things like that, which is one thing, but there's also like every woman I know who's been like, here's my new resolution. It's really specific. It's like down to the date that she wants to achieve something. And all the guys, it seems like it's really vague. So I think that, when it comes to making them in general, I think that women are just much more vulnerable. I think, and I think you could say this of anyone who has more feminine as it's classically known characteristics, but we tend to be more 
introspective. We tend Mm -hmm. to look uh, at our lives and be very self-evaluative. Whereas again, not to be too heteronormative, but Mm -hmm. the, the male stereotype tends to be and the male archetype tends to be more we're looking at stackable achievements. You know, you want something that like a notch in a wood post that you can see rather than I need to look at myself as a person and evaluate how I'm doing. It's more like I need to look at my status and evaluate where I am. I agree. I think a lot of it is like monetarily based in that narrative. Yeah. Um, I do just want to take like a brief segue into psychology because as my field O choice, uh, I just think it's really interesting. And I think it's something that people don't really talk about because they always have like articles by like life coaches or by like celebrity dietitians. And I'm like, that's helpful, but none of them know how to make that habit happen for you because they don't know about behavioral science. They haven't looked into a lot of research most of the time, I will say. And for most people, it takes about two to five weeks to form a habit, but it takes much longer to decrease a habit. And most of habit retention has to do with not just like rewiring pathways because that's quite easy. Your brain's really quick, but it has to do with mentally reconditioning so that the behavior will follow. Mm -hmm. And you basically have to change your mind to change behavior. And a lot of people try to change a behavior to change your mind. Like I'm going to like running once I look better in my jeans Mm -hmm. versus I would like to start running. Here's the plan upon which I will base my running schedule. Emotions have a lot to do with behavioral retention as well. So if you feel positively about what you're doing, you tend to stick better with it than if you feel negatively or if you're doing it as like a a fixing mechanism or like Mm -hmm. trying to make yourself better. It doesn't necessarily correlate to you being happier or you positively associating that in your brain Mm -hmm. and therefore makes it harder to do. For example, if you wanted to quit eating chocolate for a month, the best way to do it would be to find a way to make it a positive experience for you because then your brain associates it positively versus if you're trying to quit chocolate for a month and you just punish yourself mentally and you're like, you don't need the chocolate. The chocolate will make you weak. You don't want it. Like you're not typically. <laughs> That's gonna be able to me. Every bodybuilding prep always. <laughs> you're not typically going to be able to talk yourself out of it um, right. because you have too many positive associations with chocolate in your brain because mm-hmm. chocolate makes you happy. So yeah. Um, I just wanted to take like a tiny brief segue sure. into behavior versus cognition, because it's something that a lot of people don't talk about and they just tell you to change your habits and they don't really tell you how habits work or how you're supposed to do that. I agree. Thanks. Sorry. <laughs> I took that moment. I thought she had more to say and I was like, I'm just going to drink some coffee really quick. And Anna was just like, so what are your thoughts? <laughs> So those are my thoughts. I agree. Um, I would say that I don't think most people think to think of those things because to all you're hearing is like, change your habits, change your life. And it's like, I think a lot of people think if they start doing the new habit, then automatically the emotional capacity to like maintain that habit is going to come along with it. And that does not necessarily always correlate. So Well, and if you look at, um, there's a whole branch of therapy called CBT, cognitive behavioral therapy, which Mm -hmm. is what I'd like to be eventually doing. But if you look at a lot of the articles that are written about CBT, it doesn't just apply to habits. It applies to rewiring your brain from fear. It applies to rewiring your brain from a traumatic experience. All of that comes with thinking about the event or the thing that you want to change Mm -hmm. 
understanding how it's emotionally stimulating you either positively or negatively and re educating yourself on how you'd like it to emotionally stimulate you positively or negatively mm-hmm. to either encourage or discourage a specific behavior. I've definitely had, have, I have had therapists use that method specifically for my ED recovery. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll focus and, and for me, it's always about control, not necessarily like weight gain or weight loss. So we'll like center on that. And how do I feel about it now? How do I want to feel about it? What leads me to be in a space where I feel negatively about it and causes me to feel the urge to do that? So, so on and so forth. And it's really helpful because it helps you understand your mind map in the sense that sometimes we don't even know what thoughts lead us to a specific space. We just know mm-hmm. how we feel about something. And CBT really helps you kind of trace that map out and say, okay, this thought led to this thought led to this thought. And then I started associating this whole group of thoughts with this feeling. Mm-hmm. So it's fascinating stuff, really. Psychology hour. Over. <laughs> Over. Okay. So, oh, I know that we, Hannah, had come across an article that had listed some, was it resolutions that we were going to discuss? Yeah. So Women's Health Magazine, a constant source of entertainment, uh, has come up with like 5 million resolutions that you can mm-hmm. take on. And we're just mm-hmm. basically going to give our opinion. The one thing I am going to talk about before we do that is any opportunity to talk about the home edit. Y'all oh, here we go. It. I knew she was going to mention it. <laughs> I love the home edit. <laughs> if you are just now tuning in at the home edit, hire your girl. I love it. Anyway, so I tended to be a person even like up to a couple years ago who was like organized chaos messy. So I wasn't dirty by any measure, but equally I wasn't like super, super tidy. I had piles on piles I wasn't really worried about like leaving stuff out or any of that. And then I lived with a housemate who was very, very clean. Mm -hmm. Now there are upsides and downsides to living with someone who is very, very clean. One of the downsides is if they don't maintain that standard, you're like, you hypocrite. And you get very personally triggered by it. But equally, it teaches you really good habits. And one of those things is like having a tidy house makes you feel nice. And it initiated because having a tidy house made me feel appreciated because my housemate was very happy that I'd contributed to the tidiness. And therefore it gave me positive associations. And now all on my own, just to educate you on the full cycle, just like we talked about with the CPT, I now think of tidiness as a happy thing. So aside from the cleaner that I pay to come once a week, I have organized my life color coordinated So you might be thinking, Hannah, that's really over the top. Why do you care? Because it is aesthetically pleasing. It makes it everything easy to find. And to be honest, the best way that I found to stay organized is to have everything have a home. When it doesn't have a home, Mm -hmm. it's a nomad. It's a vagabond. Elton John singing about it. It doesn't know what it's doing with its life. When it has a home, it's really easy to organize stuff. So as a formerly pretty, like not the cleanest person, I've maintained it by creating homes for objects. So every object that has a home, it's a lot easier if you just go, oh, I need to put this away. Not, oh, I need to hide this in a drawer because there's nowhere to put it. Um, So yeah, that was my little testimonial at home edit, watch it. Home edit corner. (laughs) My home edit corner. (laughs) I actually would love that, um, but nobody would care. So (laughs) I would be very happy to say I get I get a dating corner. You can have a home edit um, corner. At the team, T-E-A, all caps, lowercase m. Uh, please let us know if you want the home edit corner because genuinely you'll make my life so much better. 
anyway and basically that means um at nico because you're the one that gives me the most feedback so how do you feel about that (laughs) how do you feel just a quick question (laughs) um anyway women's health magazine so emma has not heard these yet but basically i am going to give three of the resolutions they proposed and we are going to (gasps) react (laughs) oh my gosh (gasps) okay I just love to give my opinion on anything and everything. So any chance I have I a lot of opinions about giving opinions. So number one, opinion one, do it. Learn more about intuitive eating. Okay. Um, I can get on board with this, but at the same time, I don't like that so many resolutions are connected to body image mm-hmm. I would say if you have a binge eating disorder, this is definitely something that you should look into because I think that with the knowledge of how do you actually, it's a mindfulness really, like how do you actually feel? Like, are you hungry? Are you just bored? Is there an emotion impacting you that would make you want to binge right now? Which for me is kind of all the time. Um, all I thought of was the Grinch. <laughs> Am I eating because I'm bored? <laughs> I know I'm like this is a serious topic Hannah Marie do you not laugh <laughs> and I was just crying internally <laughs> I did this the last episode to her when I was reminded of her bull charge <laughs> so, it's fine you get a pass um I will say that I intuitively eat like I don't set times for myself to eat I'm not on a diet I don't restrict myself um, I try to eat like generally like healthily I'm, I'm aware of like, if I decide to eat something quote unquote unhealthy, which I don't really believe in the healthy versus unhealthy. I think moderation is really like the only thing you need. Then I, I probably won't eat more than like that meal that day because normally I'm ordering enough to sustain me and make me full. But I also still struggle with ED. So I have to be like cognizant of intuitive eating more than maybe the average person. Yeah. Uh, it's definitely a great tool for eating recovery. If you haven't um, understood intuitive eating and you do have a background or currently deal with an eating disorder, look into it because it's super helpful. Mm-hmm. I will say I have just gone from intermittent fasting to more intuitive eating because I did intermittent fasting for digestive reasons. So it's mm-hmm. supposed to be better for you if you struggle with digestion, which my autoimmune disease guarantees. And yeah, I've just found that I think I'm ready to intuitively eat. I don't calorie count. I think calorie counting is poison. I just focus on feeding myself with decent foods. So I just try to look for nutrient filled foods and not at the content. But yeah, I think intuitive eating is not a bad idea. If you are going to make an eating related resolution, I think intuitive eating is a good one to make. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, we could have a little talk about nutrient dense versus like you know, quote unquote fatty foods, but at the same time, like once you get to the point where you're aware of how your body feels after you eat certain things, you don't really opt for fast food and quote unquote junk food at that point, because you know, you'll just be hungry 20 minutes later, but you'll have consumed like almost 2000 calories, which or again, kind of a gluten had. and dairy intolerance, <laughs> which is you not just can't eat fast food <laughs> and you know that it will make you very violently ill. And so you don't. <laughs> yeah, I don't know have... because like I, I know that how it makes me feel, you know, like usually if I'm craving fast food, it's because it's emotionally driven in one way or another. Mm. Or like I'm PMSing, which could still be considered like emotionally driven. And that's the only time I really crave something like that. But at the same time, I don't feel I'm at the point where I need to deny a craving. 
No, but I have the same thing. Like there's um, Hannah friendly chocolate is what I call it, but there's dairy free chocolate and yeah, I really like chocolate, but I won't eat a whole bag of chocolate, not because I'm worried about calories, but because I know that my body won't thank me for it later. Like I won't feel happy about it, not in a mental way, but in a like, oh, I'm really hungry, but I feel kind of full and I wish I'd eaten something more like dense, substantive. Yeah. than just stuff. So like, I love chocolate. I will happily eat chocolate every day, but eating a meal primarily composed of chocolate, I'm not going to be satiated or satisfied in the same way as I would if I ate like a burger or a steak or, you know, Mm -hmm. a salad with chicken or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Intuitive eating. Good in my book. Number two. (laughs) Dose. Do something that scares you each week. Um, Okay. That is such a broad spectrum. Are they t- so skydiving scares me? I'm probably not going to do that every week. Um, I went skydiving; it was fun. I, the whole like I'm afraid of falling thing. I just don't think I could force myself to fall. I am too, and I didn't realize this until my old age. And I say old age very seriously. I'm not kidding. I am decrepit. But the point <laughs> being, I don't know when it happened, but like 26, it was like whoa! Like you just hit a wall of elderly <laughs> that I just like. I'm kind of groaning when I got up. <laughs> I can't, like I can't drive at night really because I just feel like blind and yeah. I, oh, it's just a very emotional time. <laughs> anyway, I went skiing and I was really afraid of the heights, but I'm not afraid of being up high. I'm afraid of falling from up yeah. high. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know that until I was in the Austrian mountains. So yay. <laughs> yeah. I mean, this could be useful if you have like and anxiety. So I have a GAD, generalized anxiety disorder. So for me, like being scared of something isn't like, I'm afraid of spiders. So I'm going to go buy a tarantula. It's. And put it on your face. <laughs> Home alone style. <laughs> um, it, for me, it's stuff like, I, I don't even, I can't even think, cause I don't really have social anxiety, but maybe like asking someone out, you know, like I have a fear of rejection. So for me, that's something I would do that I was afraid of, you know, but I think setting it up to be every week, you're kind of just, once again, putting yourself in a box and you might not feel like doing it. And then you're going to berate yourself for not being in the space where you felt like you should do this thing that you set yourself up to do. And honestly, you're human. So it's okay to fail which isn't it's not really failing you know but it's okay to not do the thing you said you were going to do because of whatever reason yeah I think there's there's value in doing something scared if it's something that is going to benefit your life so if it's like applying for a job that you're like sure you won't get Mm -hmm. I don't think there's harm in applying you Mm -hmm. know what I mean like doing do it scared can be valuable if it's something that you're discouraging yourself from that won't in any way endanger you but could only add value to your life. Mm -hmm. Do I think that you should do a fear factor reenactment and stick your hand inside like a scorpion cage? No, I really don't. (laughs) I I don't think that's going to add value. I think you should not do that personally. Uh, I'd I'd opt for no on that one. Be a no no from me, dog. (laughs) But I I get the premise behind it of like trying to challenge yourself out of your comfort zone, which I, I get the value of. I think, where are you challenging yourself toward? Like, what are you pushing yourself out of your comfort zone into? Are you pushing yourself out of your comfort zone into positive things? Or are you pushing yourself out of your comfort zone into danger because it's outside your comfort zone? Like, Yeah. 
Yeah. I mean, but at the same time, I think everyone needs to recognize that you need recovery from things like that, because if you're afraid to do it in the first place, then like, clearly there's some reason for that and to make yourself, I mean, there's nothing wrong with forming a good habit out of something you used to be like afraid of, but at the same time, you know, give yourself a space to become okay again. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, do it again when you feel like you can handle that emotionally. And then eventually it won't be so scary. Yeah. With skiing, I am. That's exactly what I did. Basically with skiing, I gave myself permission to go slowly which was yeah. not helpful for peer pressure because all of my friends are very apt skiers who, including my husband, were right down. And I was like, like uh, you know what? <laughs> no. I'm a bunny hill kind of girl, you know? I would be the slowest dang chicken on this mountain, but I don't mind because I'm going to make it to the bottom and I will have done something that scared me. But I'm giving myself permission to do it at my own pace and not be worried about people's opinions. Yeah. And it's hard. Like, I felt a lot of pressure to, like, keep up. I felt a lot of pressure that I was, like, slowing everybody down. And, and ultimately, mm-hmm. the best thing for me was just not to allow that into my mind and just think about you're accomplishing stuff for you and it doesn't matter if other people don't feel the same about it. Yeah, I agree. I'm there with you. Okay. The last one. Okay. Become a plant mom. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I feel like this is one. I have two dogs to take care of and myself. I'm not sure that I have the mental capacity to also remember to take care of plants. Definitely. They become an afterthought in my home and as much as I love the idea of surrounding myself with foliage, I would love to be able to do that. I love like the, it's very like metropolitan, super popular trend right now to like, just have an apartment. That's just a plant. You live inside very, a plant. It's very 2020. I know myself and I wouldn't want to put a living thing through that. So I'm sorry. plastic plants, baby everywhere. I get the fake plants. Yeah. I like plastic plants. I think it's a lot of responsibility. My husband has purchased three plants in the time that we've been married, which is only a few weeks. They are his babies though. They're his responsibility. And I've made it quite clear that I will not be responsible for their life or death. I have an orchid because a friend believed in me and I, I had to prune it and now I feel like it's dead and I've been told it's fine (laughs) that it's dead. I'm just, anyway, I feel a lot of pressure to both aesthetically maintain and like life support maintain plants. And I just think they never live up to my expectations. They're just, they're a lot of work. And, and again, a lot of these things are given to you dead. Like they're mm-hmm. half dead, they're flowers and someone drops them at your door and they're like, keep this alive. And how <laughs> like <laughs> you couldn't um, do it. I can't do it. <laughs> yeah. So I get that live plants are, are lovely and I really like the aesthetic look of them. Um, and I love the air quality difference that they make in your house. I, I really like the look of it. I don't think that it would benefit the plant or me to enter into that kind of relationship. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I feel like all of the, the plant parents that are good at it will like know that I'm a bad plant mom when they see me on the street and then I'll be attacked for being a bad plant mom. And <laughs> It's going to be like a West Side Story thing where they're talking out and they're going to be like. Remember that ficus? <laughs> it was already fake. Yeah, you killed a fake plant. How does that I make? see your bird of paradise. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. So I think I had one real plant once and then I looked up one day and I was like, when did I put that there? So it went really well. Okay. Yep. Good talk. We have a fans tea. We do have a fans tea. 
we have a T by a fan who will remain unmentioned. Were you going to say anonymous and then chickened out? <laughs> no, I didn't even think to use that word. I know how to say the word anonymous. Thank you. I can- anonymous. Anonymous. <laughs> <laughs> Amonymous, actually, is how we say it. <laughs> I think that's a different word. I think we should just drive on forward. <laughs> wink, wink. Okay. The fans team for this week is, instead of a, re- a resolution, give yourself advice for the new year. Love that. So I love this premise because, once again, you're not setting a concrete thing that you must achieve. It's just, what are the general things that you have learned in the past 12 months that you can carry with you into the new year to better form new habits. Mm-hmm. So Hannah, what advice would you give yourself? Um, I think if 2020 has taught me anything, which I think most people would say this, it's the <laughs> value of slowing down and like actually taking downtime and enjoying the experiences. I tended to kind of fast forward between weeks. <laughs> I was losing her mind because I just like... <laughs> threw back the rest of my wine and I'm choking on it. <laughs> so I had to mute It's so hard to keep myself together and you're like, it looks like I was evil laughing into my sweater. It's true. Um, <clears throat> I was saying, um, I, I tended to kind of wish through the weeks, just kind of counting till Friday kind of a thing. And I think there's real value in enjoying each day and trying to make the most out of it and not just being like, oh, I can't wait till Wednesday. So fast forward through Monday, Tuesday. The other thing I learned this year that I would like to pursue in 2021 is part-time work. So the best thing that I got, and I wouldn't have thought this about myself because I I enjoy working. Like I've never been somebody who wants to be a stay-at-home anything. But something I learned about myself this year that I didn't know is that I actually thrive on a three-day work week and that the extra time really does my soul good. So I I think I've said it before, but I'd like to pursue psychology uh, as a career field. And I would like to do that on a three-day per week basis. Mm -hmm. And eventually when I have kids, that way I'd actually be around a little bit. So that is something that I'd like to look into further. Other advice, make sure you make time for your friends. It's really, really easy to just let the weeks go by and be like, I'll catch them. And, and life can change really quickly, especially in the world that we live in now. So you may not be able to take that trip or have that dinner again. So, so have it. Mm -hmm. Yep. Don't be the hare and the tortoise and the hare and assume that you'll catch up to your friends because they'll be long gone. Deuces. Okay. Mine is probably more so applicable from the time that I had spent still in the military earlier this year because I was definitely just counting the days away and I don't necessarily regret that because I really was unhappy and in a poor mental space at that point. But I looking back and going forward, I'm sure that I'll be in another job position that I don't like at some point in my life, just in terms of climbing the corporate ladder. I don't think that I'm going to get the position I want right off the bat. So I would like to be, more apt at handling situations that I'm not enjoying because I definitely tend to base my work ethic off of that. And I would rather be the kind of person who works hard regardless of how they feel about their situation. So I think that it's just a cognizance that I would like to take forward in that, you know, there is red tape and bureaucracy at every job and you need to deal with it. So how are you going to do that? And I don't think that I dealt with it properly 
So, um, I mean, granted there were like extenuating circumstances at that time, but even so that's definitely something that I would like to work on and advice that I would give myself now in December of 2020 is maybe find better coping mechanisms to handle that. Yeah. That's really good. I think the last thing I would tell myself is to stop dimming yourself down just because it's making someone else uncomfortable. I have done this. I've done this a lot with my personality and I've done it a lot with my faith. And I don't like to put my religion in a box because I'm worried that someone won't like me as much if I stick to how I'm comfortable with it. You know, like I don't want to keep having to justify why I believe in what I believe in and why I send three texts in a row and why do I need to feel like I need to play a game with you in order for you to want to talk to me. Um, Like I'm just, I'm not doing those things anymore. And Mm -hmm. I wish that I had started doing that sooner because I have definitely saved myself a lot of heartache, just being authentic from the start. It's really good. I realized that I did that thing where you start saying something and then you move on to a totally separate subject. You mean a bougie reference earlier. Oh, right. Wow. Ages ago. (laughs) I made a bougie reference earlier. And then I said, at me later, listen, sorry, candle review segment. The French word for candle is bougie. And I thought it was like an urban dictionary quote on the box that was like bougie. Like, oh, it's going to be fancy. No, bougie. It is fancy, but bougie en français. Bougie en français is candle. Candle. Uh, My first guess was lumière. I think it's just light. I think it's lumière. It's just light. light. Anyway. (laughs) Lies. (laughs) Lies. (laughs) Lies. <laughs> the lies have you seen that meme no <laughs> okay okay i have to explain this really quick and then we're done there's and a meme. Post it on Instagram. i will post this you guys know what i'm talking about there is it's usually um <laughs> it's a woman and it's like it's from a tv show it's like a screen grab of her and she's like really emphatically going back in her seat and like saying the lies i think it's probably like one of those Real Housewives, like, you know, um, oh, I love that reunion kind of things, you know, where she's like telling someone like, you're such a liar. Um, but the caption is always men say anything. <laughs> Women are like, <laughs> 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 That'll be a good one. It's so funny, but I'll post it so you guys have an actual reference for what I'm talking about. If you're a real one, you already know what I'm talking about. So <laughs> I'm not a real one. Not um, <laughs> also, make sure you follow Emma as we discussed on social media episode which was a couple weeks ago now. Mm-hmm. Um, she is public and she needs you. The team needs you. Join me um, <laughs> in my adventures of selfies and workout videos. Cause that's all I post. <laughs> you know, the, uh, the song in Gilmore girls and miss Patty's like anniversary show where all the kids have like multicolored outfits. And they're like, Join us. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, I heard in my, all I heard in my head when you were like, join me was join us. <laughs> that scene makes me very uncomfortable there's just something Blows about in leotards that freak me out <laughs> yeah i don't like a unit strange okay yep so <laughs> thanks for joining us everyone i'm emma i'm hannah oh, that's the tea